You're listening to Someone Like Me, an RTE Junior production, with thanks to the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland. Hi, my name is Connell and I go to Galway Educate Together National School. I'm the narrator for Someone Like Me, so when you hear my voice, I'm going to be telling you jokes and giving you fun facts and wellness tips. Welcome to episode five of Someone Like Me. My name is Kate Brennan-Harding and I am having a really amazing time creating this show and getting to meet so many wonderful people from all across the country. If you're new to Someone Like Me, you can listen to all episodes on rte.ie forward slash podcasts where you are going to hear from everyone that's taken part so far. We had Sophie, we had Orla, we had Lara and we had Robert. And today we're travelling to Galway and you're going to hear from Kylie, who is 12 years old and in sixth class. Kylie moved to Ireland from South Africa when she was 10 years of age. She lives with her parents, her brother and her baby sister. Kylie lives in direct provision. Direct provision is a system where people who are seeking refuge in Ireland must stay until they're given permission to make Ireland their long-term home. Kylie lives in an old hotel where she has one room for her and her entire family. I'm really glad Kylie wants to share her story with us on Someone Like Me. She's going to be joined by Tabru, who's an amazing woman. She's 32. She moved to Ireland when she was 10 as well. And she also experienced living in direct provision for the first few years when she was in Ireland. Let's jump into the show. Who is the star of this week's show? Well, I happen to know that she's very tall. <laughs> she loves netball. Uh, she lives in Galway. She's originally from South Africa, Johannesburg. Her name is Kylie Ampofo. Kylie, I'm so glad to have you join us on the show. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you. Are you excited to uh, meet Tab? Yes. Yeah. Um, what do you reckon, you know, is it going to be like for you to speak to somebody that's like you? I think it's, I think it's going to be great and like we're both probably going to have our own differences due to the there's different direct provision centers out there i feel like it'd be great and really nice to talk to somebody about direct provision who's came around the same age as me yeah completely because you came to ireland when you were 10 didn't you yeah yeah so you're being here two years and all through the pandemic so hopefully you know a lot of things change now for you um especially coming out of the pandemic and obviously you know you're going to be starting secondary school in September yeah that's going to be amazing yeah <laughs> do you know what secondary school you're going to I'm going to Dominican college oh I've heard really good things about there have you yeah I have oh that's good okay cool well listen will we get on with the rest of the interview will I will we bring in tab and you guys can have a chat yes welcome to someone like me I'm 12 years old and I'm from South Africa, Johannesburg, and I came to Ireland when I was 10. I have a brother named Clinton and a little sister named Kiara. My favorite subject is science and history and I like to play basketball. I used to play a sport called netball and I usually played defensive parts. I was excellent at it. I go to Cloud National School. I have some nice friends and I like my school, although COVID made it quite hard. I'm in sixth class and we are a green school, which means we take action for climate change. I live in Eglinton Hotel, Galway, where I'm in direct provision with my family. I don't tell many people where I live, and a lot of my friends just think I live in an apartment. We are not allowed to have any visitors to the center. I live in one room with my family, which means I don't have much space for myself. I get homesick sometimes. When I grow up, I would like to be a neurosurgeon, 
I want to help people. Hi, Tab. Thanks for joining me today for someone like me. First of all, your hair grow your hair goes. Your natural hair is gorgeous. Oh my god, does it take ages to do in the morning? Yeah, it does. It really does. Oh, because who has the time? What time do you get up at? I usually get up at eight or seven. But if it's a school oh. week, it's a school week. I wake up at five. Five to do your hair, Kylie. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I shaved mine all off because I was. I just. I don't. Why? Why am I stressing myself for what? I usually I just, just wake, shaved it all off. I usually just wake up at five for school if I want to do my hair. Or if I just want to have some time for myself, because it's I'm staying at school for like six hours. Oh yeah, you do need a bit of a break. I was the same though because I remember when I was in direct provision, we had two rooms. So in one room was my mum and dad, and then in the other room was me, my older brother, my older sister, and sometimes my mate, my baby brother. But though he would usually sleep in with my parents. But we had like bunk beds, so like me and my sister would have like the bottom bunk, and then my older brother would have the top bunk. So you like you never had time for yourself. So I used to just hang out in the corridors all the time. I don't have. We don't have two rooms. We just have one. Just the one room. Yeah, and the kitchen. For all you guys. Yeah. It there's. And a- how do you find it? Oh, there's a bunk bed. I sleep on top because I called it, and my brother sleeps on the bottom. And my mom and my mom and dad like sleep in another bed by the window. Yeah. And the kitchen is on their side, but there's a door. Yeah. Yeah. And like in the middle of us is just a, it's like the couch. So. But that's what you want, though. Do you? We don't want to be sleeping beside the kitchen. I don't know about you, but I hate kitchen smells. Like, yeah. What do you feel? How would you feel about food smells when it's not food time? It's. It's really, it's really uncomfortable when it's... Isn't it? Yeah. Even when you're not hungry, so... It's, thank you. It's like permeate, like it lives on the furniture and you're just like, so we're just going to smell like stew all day. Okay. Yeah, I get it. Especially if they're like cutting onions. They're cutting onions, it like gets in your eyes and you're just... You're like, I'm not even participating in this. (laughs) You yeah, you start crying from the onions that you're not even cutting. Oh yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. So I come from South Africa, and my parents are from Ghana. I've been in direct provision for two years now. Where did you come from, and what age were you when you first lived in direct provision? I uh, my parents are from Kenya. I consider myself Kenyan and Irish. I was ten living in direct provision. Um, in Dublin, so. I'm someone like you. <laughs> How did you feel about the change? The change of moving here? Yeah. Um, I was excited mainly just because it was just, you know, as a kid, even like going down the road is exciting, you know? So going to a whole new country where there's majority white people, um, which is something that I didn't have, was exciting. Um. So yeah, excitement really, and I didn't even, I don't think I knew I was in direct provision the way that we know it now. I just knew that I was living in this place with other refugees and sometimes people would randomly go into labor (laughs) in the corridor and like it was a whole thing. Um, So I wasn't, yeah, I don't think I had any strong feelings about moving other than just, oh, this is exciting and different. 
um looking back now i wish it was different but yeah it was not no major strong you know loving it or hating it it was just oh this is interesting i was quite numb to it as well like really when i yeah i think one of the only reasons i was pretty excited was because it's been a while since i've been on a plane so i was pretty much about that and but on the other side, I got to watch Lion King, the new Lion on King. The plane. Yeah. So it's it's funny, you've come from the literal Lion King. You're like, oh, here I am watching Lion King on the plane. <laughs> and then I came to Ireland and I it I had I didn't really know much about Ireland. So I tried to learn as much as I could about it. Hmm. Uh and let's just say like TV does not do Ireland pretty much that much. No, does it doesn't. And ju- you know what my favorite thing about Ireland is hand on heart, and I would strongly recommend is reading about Irish folklore. Like so, they have I suppose fairy tales. Like I love reading about like you know the heroes of Bacuculin, like the children of Lear. I don't know if you've read any of Irish folklore. Like it's so interesting and so rich, and I feel like it doesn't get like. The mention that it deserves. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Do you consider yourself Irish or do you consider yourself South African or do you consider yourself both? It depends who's asking me the question. Okay, if I'm asking you the question, do you consider yourself Irish or South African? Um, I'm South African. Like, I'm South African. But sometimes I usually say that I'm South African and Ghanaian because... My parents are from Ghana, and I'm from South Africa. Oh, you were born in South Africa. So, my God, you yeah. your parents are from West Africa. You were born in South Africa, and you're growing up in Europe. Like, that's... It's funny because um, it's the kind of thing that's considered cool if you're a certain type of person. Like, for example, being bilingual, speaking more than one language, is considered cool if you're white and wealthy but if you're maybe black and poor it's not really considered cool i don't know if you've ever if that's ever clicked, you, you know i like i don't really speak tree but i understand a lot of it yeah so yeah so much so like, like to keep it up in it yeah i think you should because you know it helps it's we don't know where europe is going for all we know we could all be moving back to africa it would be handy to have twee how do you say hello so, in twee it's a saying it's a saying yeah that's like saying hi and how are you and hi, then you, you say and then you say like aya as a line oh aya oh okay do it do it say ask me okay it's a saying oh yeah like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> you have to give it a bit of vim you know yeah it's like wait I'm, do you do any languages in school guelga and how do you find the guelga it's easy it's just that i i feel like i came in pretty late so wait what class like, did you start i started in fourth class and then like i was kind of like exempt from that year i couldn't do it then fifth class came and the teacher i'm with now yeah kind of it's more focused on us speaking it and us holding a conversation yeah. with each other in it. Yeah. So it's kind of good. 
I'm also currently learning German. Wait, so is German an option or like do you have an option of like German, Spanish and French and it just so happens that your school does German or did you choose German? I'm in primary school, so yeah. there's only that one language, English and Welga. So what I want to I want to go to secondary school so I could learn German because uh some of the countries I want to go to predominantly speak German. Really? And yeah. And also, I've heard that if you learn German, you make a lot more money. So, Do you? Who yeah. told you this? Who is out here giving you these tidbits that they haven't told us? <laughs> and that and French. And so I decided, you know what? I kind of have a head start because I, cause I was, I've been learning Afrikaans. And I was like, okay. let, me just dive, let me just dive into German. So I decided close I'm, to Dutch, which is close to German. Okay. So, so I learned some like on Duolingo learning German, so that when I go into secondary school, I'm ahead of all of them. Uh, I'd be like, "Who's the German girl?" Actually, I'm from West Africa via South Africa, and now go away. Get into <laughs> it. <laughs> so that's that's pretty much the reason I'm learning German. That's deadly. It's so funny. It's like we have literally lived the same life because I was also exempt from Irish. And then in fourth class, and I remember, I remember her first name. I do not remember her second name. Shout out, Rachel. She was my primary school teacher for Irish. She was like, I'll show you well able for it. And then I just started doing Irish. And then I did it for like, up until like my leaving search. Now I think I got a C in my leaving search. So yeah, I was fine with it. But I think it helped me then learn French. So it's a good idea. Like if you know more than one language you're more likely to pick up other languages so i have a question for you yeah so i was trying to learn spanish through duolingo and i was trying to refresh my french as well through duolingo and you know how it kind of sends you like notifications like "Mm, you haven't practiced today how does that make you feel i usually get those messages when i'm for my greek lessons for your what lessons greek oh my god no you you are there's this girl she's also from ghana she kind of looks like you now that I think about it. What's her name? I'll find her name because she's a polygot. So she speaks Twi. Multiple she speaks, languages. Yeah, she speaks Twi. She speaks French, Spanish, German, Italian. Oh my God, you could totally be her. Like your options are sickening. Do I want to be a model? Do I want to be a professional athlete? Do I want to be like... I don't know, some high-powered bilingual person. Like, do you not feel like, do you feel like the potential? Like, I mean, being where you are now in direct provision, do you see the potential of where your life could go? Because I don't think I did until it was, I don't want to say too late, but I wish somebody was talking to me the way that I'm talking to you. Do you know? Yeah, I've heard that a lot about me having a lot of options yeah like do you feel it though because it's one thing to hear it and then it's another to like know it and feel it in your bones like yes i don't talk about living in direct provision with my friends because they don't really know much about it and it doesn't really come up much and i'm just overall scared of their reaction so how did you tell your friends outside the center about you living in direct provision I didn't tell anyone, any of my classmates, I think. No, not I think. I know the nuns knew. 
from the school that I was in at the time that they knew that I was from, obviously, because you'd have to fill in the form and like where you live. And at the time it was well known that it was a direct provision center, but I never told my friends and I didn't tell anyone, I don't think, until I was like well into secondary school. At this point, I wasn't even living in a direct provision center anymore. I'd gone to junior school. I was now in secondary school. So the honest answer is no, I didn't tell anyone. Um, looking back on it, there was no reason for me not to, um, but I didn't. I, I um, really What's your reason? People. I don't really tell people because they don't know about that stuff. Is it that you so, don't want them to feel sorry for you or you just don't want to talk about it? Both, kind of. Kind of yeah. both. And the only people who know are like two teachers. And recently we had to do a project. Yeah about asylum seekers in ireland yeah and i kind of did do it whereas the other kids in my class looked online and they couldn't find anything and then there was just <laughs> me with this you're like look at me <laughs> and then there was just me with this buckload of information and my teacher was like oh and i didn't even write it down i just said it because these guys were annoying me and and my, <laughs> te- my teacher was like okay you have to write this down i still haven't wrote it down I, you find it wild I... that, like, for example, you'll be asked to do a project on literally your lived experience, and then there's people being like, oh, I guess I'm going to have to Google and look into it. Right. They did Google it, and they found, they found, they all had the same answers. What was the it answer? Was all, oh, it was just like, the question was like, oh, how do you become an asylum seeker in Ireland? And it was just, you fill your name, you fill... You fill your date of birth. You fill your nationality. You you fill why you are here, and then you and then you uh, and then you like have to put in your ma- your marriage stat- status. That was the she all they got. Ooh. And here's and then there was me. And like when this happened, I didn't even do that part because you didn't have to. So I just so I just so I just sat there and I was and I told him and I was like okay. He looked at me and I just told him, okay, what you have to do is that you go to the house affairs, you get an application, you fill those application forms, and then you get, Wait. You, they take you to the center. And yep. Do you keep a journal? I don't keep a journal anymore. So You should. I've, I've only started now journaling. Um, and I'll tell you this, because... Like when I was living direct provision, I also never told my friends where I lived just because it was just something that I was ashamed of. And now I'm having to pay a professional psychotherapist like 70 quid a week to tell me that it's okay that I grew up in direct provision and that I was just, you know, in the circumstance and it's nothing to do with me or my choices or the person that I am. So I'm telling you now to save you all that money Um like to not be ashamed of it obviously it's hard it's hard to to act on it because it is just what you feel because like I remember like we could only ever get like secondhand clothes and I used to be so ashamed of like being seen by my friends walking into like a secondhand store whereas now I love thrifting I love going to like secondhand stores and finding things and it was just something that I resisted for so long um so don't feel any type of way about where you are. You know what I mean? Um, because it's just circumstantial. Like, I mean, my favorite story is, I don't know if you have you ever heard of Tyler Perry? Uh, no. 
he's this American film director, producer, writer. He's basically everything. Um, but he was effectively homeless and sleeping in his car and now owns the largest studio in the States, you know, which is just mind-blowing to go from from that. And that's just something that I'm only learning now. But I can see in you something that I didn't have. You just have, you're just like, ah, I don't want, you know, what if I just get too well-known? <laughs> I didn't have that, you know, you know what I mean? I had the thought, but I didn't have the conviction to actually say that out loud. So you're already well further than I am. Tab, thank you so much for joining me on Someone Like Me. It was a pleasure to interview you. Thank you for having me. And I. it is my absolute pleasure to be someone like you. Well, did you enjoy that, Kylie? Yes, I did. It was very, very nice. And, it was very, and she was very cool. I really, really liked it. I just your face is smiling and you're all lit up like it, it has it made a difference to you to speak to someone who understands your experience yeah it, it really has because there's not really much people that we like to open up about direct provision so it's kind of hard to relate to someone who doesn't like to talk about it absolutely and like how do you are you prepared now because this program is going to go out you know how how do you feel about your story going out there I feel I feel happy about it because like it like gives people awareness about what's really going on. Some people, it doesn't really last like one year. Some people don't really, some people stay here for like five to six years. And it's just not really something talked about enough in the media. And it's really, really underrated. Totally. Like, I think it's really important that we hear from all voices that are growing up in Ireland. You are growing up in Ireland and we don't hear enough about, you know, young people like you who are growing up maybe in a slightly different situation or scenario than other people. So that's why I think it's really important to have your voice included in someone like me. Um, What do you think you're going to be up to in, I know you want to be a neurosurgeon, but what do you reckon you'll achieve in the next, say, 10 years? I'd probably get like my doctorate. Or like, if I'm not like a neurosurgeon, I'd probably be like an engineer or something. Cool. Kylie, thank you so much for joining me on Someone Like Me. You have been an amazing star of this week's show. Um, I hope you have a great day. Okay, thank you. Thanks for listening to Someone Like Me. This show was made in partnership with RTE Junior and the BAI. This is our RTE Junior Podcast.